It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by Bookmakers.com. Hello and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It's full-time Reds. It's myself, Matt. I'm joined by Kev O'Sullivan today. I would love to say it's an April Fool's joke, but it finished at the Eddie had Man City 4, Liverpool 1. We've had 18 days since our last game, Kev. Not a lot's changed, has it? Nothing's changed. Um, I mean, there's three losses in a row now. And that was the worst of them by a by an absolute street. I'm trying to be conscious. It's the middle of the day, so I'm going to try to mind my language. But that was atrocious. You can put the F in front of it. You can put the F in front of a lot of things, I'd say. But it was a car crash from start to finish. Even going 1-0 up, we were the, they were the better side. It was against the run of play. People can talk about decisions in the game, the ref, Rodri decision, and what have you doesn't make a blind bit of difference they played us off the park and for the second half we just couldn't lay a glove on them this system the pep has evolved with these players that are ideal for it is just so punishing to watch that it it sucks the life out of you and it's it we we couldn't get anywhere near them from, from start to finish um it was so frustrating watching that. Um, I I can take the Real Madrid one, you know, going away to the Bernabeu and losing. It's not, you know, it happens. The Bournemouth one was a punch in the no. gut, but this one was a reality check as to where this is what the end of a cycle looks like. And too many tired heads, too many mentally not there, and too many checked out too quickly. And there was no, there was no fight. There was no fire. There was no desire. There was no legs. There was no energy. There was nothing positive to take from that performance whatsoever. One to 11, every single one of them should be embarrassed. If this was our match of the day tonight, there should be four. It should be required viewing for every single one of those players tonight. Sit and watch that because that is a a disgrace. It's an absolute embarrassment. 
you can go to the Etihad and lose. We've gone to the Etihad and lost plenty, you know. Uh, but we've always turned up and put up a show, put up a fight. There was no fight in that side today. There were that side looked like it. Uh, it looked like a heavy bag in a boxing gym that had just done an hour of Tyson when he was in his heyday. It was just please make a stop. I was sick. I was absolutely sick watching that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really really poor. Um, like I think. To me, that felt like Man City playing like previous years Man City. Yeah. Not having Holland in the team, they played a lot more like we were used to seeing them play over the last couple of years. And you look at the goals that they scored. It was that typical get it, get it to the end line and cut it back across. You know, tap yeah. in, tap ins, tap ins. That's that's that was their bread and butter for five, six years of just intricate little passes, get around the fullback, get it to the end line, you know, play the give and go. Like the fourth goal was an absolute pristine example of a, a standard Man City goal from the pre-Holland days. And, I mean, fuck me. I, it was just so bad. I mean, let's go through the lineups. Anything in there that bothered you? Surprise Darwin wasn't starting, but understand it. Yeah. The rest of it picked itself. That in itself is a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. The bench is surprising. But, look... I don't think, bar Darwin, that there was going to be that that 11. I don't think there's anything that you could have changed. There's one individual that you could have put into that starting 11 today that would have made a blind bit of difference. And I think Cody Gakpo did okay in patches. Um, So Fabinho did okay in the first 15, 20 minutes. Henderson was poor. Elliot was anonymous. Salah did nothing apart from score. He got his goal and he, he did absolutely nothing after that. But the system, we didn't play 4 3 3. Uh, we played this 4 2 3 1. And this, we gave up the middle of the park. They were, they passed around us for fun. You know, whereas at least if you're in a 4 3 3, you block off more space with your three centre mids. You're able to press more organised. We were just deorganized from start to finish. It was, um, it just didn't look right. The balance never looked right. Um, I just couldn't understand. Like Jota in the second, in the set, in the first half, did okay. He looked like he could, he, he going the other way, he was causing him problems. But on the right hand side, Harvey Elliott was just like nothing. There was, he was offering nothing in either, in either box, going either way. I just couldn't understand what the point of it was. I couldn't understand the point of playing a 4-2-3-1 in the way we did against that city side that plays 3-2-5. You're giving up the middle of the park and f- saying to them, with the wingers that they have, who stay wide, go and take the ball wide and play wide. Why? Why on earth would you? You know, It's not like, if anything, you want them playing through the middle because they don't have Haaland. You want to congest, you want to force them from out to win not let them go out wide and pull you apart. They got their goal by us losing shape. You know, we got our goal on the counter and it was like a really well taken goal. You know, fine, but it was on the break. And that was the only threat that we had. We had four shots in the whole game and one on target, the one we scored from. Edison will never have an easier day against a Liverpool side than what he had today. And they just had no, they had nothing to worry about. There was no threat. 
You know, the odd time they were, we got on the break. The, the galling thing is, I, I know I'm rambling on and renting on a bit. Go. I said it to you before we came on was at 1 0, we were in our shape. We were keeping them at bay. You know, we were riding our luck a bit, but Salah had a chance to make it too. And he gets he gets on his bike. Grealish makes a brilliant straight run. Salah's running on the diagonal, so he's got more ground to cover. Grealish makes up the ground, cuts off the angle. And Van Dijk did something similar a few years ago against Tottenham, I think, and cut off the angle. It was, it was brilliant defending. Yeah. But the decision-making from Salah there to play that ball in the first place was shocking. It was there was there The ball was never on. He was off balance. Just take the touch. Draw Grealish to you. Play someone else in or go around him, one or the other. But a minute later, they go out up the other end and score. And that's the game. That was the, they're the, the minutes in a game, the moments in a game that make differences. You get a chance to go 2 2 0 up. Your backs are up because of the Rodri decision anyway. But you have a chance to go 2 0 up, and then you concede a minute later. And from then on, it was it was one way traffic. It was it was inevitable. It was in, inevitable what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the play for our goal I thought was good. I mean, fantastic ball by Trent, dinked yeah. it over the top. Like it looked like it was something that we were trying to do. Of both teams were set up to play the high line. Jotted absolutely broke it perfectly. I mean, they I didn't get on my feed. I didn't get a, a show of the lines from the VAR, but he must have been close. There was like, no line shown on ours either. So yeah, he looked he looked extremely close to that borderline yeah. of being offside. But he's onside. You know, he holds the ball up well. It just sits and waits in the box for Mo to run onto with his left foot. He buries it. Absolutely fantastic. But like you said, it was 26 minutes. Mo has that chance. I mean, even if he gets the pass through Grealish or around Grealish, I don't think Jada's beating. I'm not sure if it was a Kanji or Diaz that was coming back to cover Jada's run at the back post. I don't even think. I think the pass would have been cut out. Like you're, yeah. you're completely right that he just needed to have a little bit more composure on it. And it's, it's, it's rare to say that we needed Mo Salah to be more selfish in that situation. You know, maybe just being on that left side, you know, he's always going to want the ball on his left foot. So he's not, he's going to be loath to chop it back in onto his right, but I totally wasteful. I mean, their first goal, uh, probably just copy paste what I'm going to say here for the rest of their goals, but holy shit was Virgil van Dyke a passenger. Yeah. He was Virgil Robbo. Robbo got pulled out of shape. Virgil chased it. And that was, that was the frustrating thing. When we were in our shape, when we were in that two banks of four, they were getting half chances, but nothing that would scare the living daylights out of you. The second we ran out of shape, you can't. I saw a tweet uh, Jamie Carragher put up um, during the first half, and he said, "You can't always press," and he's dead right. It's like sometimes you have to stay in your shape. At one nil up, they have to they have to make the game. It was it was just poor decision making, trying to get a ball that you was never there to get, and it pulled everybody else out of shape. And once it did, they they worked it really well. They worked it really quick. That was the difference in the in their goal in their goals and our forward movement today. When they moved the ball, they moved it quick as one one two touch, and they were across the pitch. And 
it was a tap in. It was just a, such a soft goal to give away, but it was it was our own making. You know, they didn't have to do it for none of their goals today. They didn't have to do anything special. You know, yeah. it was just pull us well, around, pull us out of shape. We lost our discipline, and we just—it was like a parting of the Red Sea. Yeah, it was just. But Shane Shane McCall here says their first goal was Robbo's fault, idiotic defending. I will give a tiny bit of leeway to our fullbacks for the game. I mean, Trent's going to get absolutely slaughtered at some point coming up during this because we got to talk about their fourth goal. But I found that City had a clear plan of creating space to open us up on the wings. And it was by having Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne make these little curving runs through the inside that forced our fullbacks to come with them. And if you look on the first goal, I'm pretty sure that Robbo, he sees, I think it's De Bruyne that cuts inside him and he has to go. Like he has to follow that man because the two center halves are both looking out to the right where the ball is. That man's cutting inside into the space in behind Van Dyke, and Robertson goes with him. And then the ball gets switched out onto the wing, and Mares has all the time in the world. And it happened again and again and again and again in the game. Like Jack Grealish undoubtedly was man of the match for them, but I thought yeah. LK Gundogan caused us so many problems today. Yeah. The runs that he was making, constantly drawing our fullbacks inside and then allowing them to overlap the ball onto the outside. And we were so pedestrian. Like you mentioned us playing the 4-2-3-1 instead of the 4-3-3 and how yeah. we gave up the midfield. And they had so much time and space. Like John Stones and Rodri just had the freedom of the park to do whatever they wanted on the ball. But they also had unlimited time and space with the ball to make little passes and little moves on the edge of our 18-yard box. Yeah, It was like the first game against Real Madrid where – their players were able to play three, four passes around the edge of our box, and none of our players are willing to just have that extra little bite and put the. Constantly be standing and watching them play around you. It was just, I mean, from the first goal on through for all their goals, it's just so and we go into the half at one, one going into the game. You probably would have been happy. Tied at halftime. Given the way the game was going, yeah. It well, was... Even, before, even before a ball was kicked. Like, I yeah. was listening to, I was listening to, I think it was the Anfield rap, and as Neil Atkinson was like, you know, nil-nil at halftime. Absolutely critical. We got to yeah. be nil-nil at halftime. Basically, not losing. We go in at yeah. halftime, we're not losing. And just like a Real Madrid game, we come out after halftime, and we give up a goal within 53 seconds. Like, I... I I'm like that. I'm lost for words with some with the with the, the how we how we just gave up that much space away against that side, over committing to balls that were never there to be won, and then just pulled apart. I mean, you you talked about Gundogan. Gundogan and De Bruyne are two of the most intelligent players that you'll get on a football pitch, and. I think someone was saying there in the chat to give City credit. City were brilliant. But City were brilliant because we allowed them to be brilliant. You know, and they had absolutely no pressure. They didn't... Their, some of their interplay, like you said, without Haaland, their interplay was a lot better. It was a lot more fluid. And they're, I, I, to this day, I mean, Haaland gets a bag full of goals, but they're more dangerous when they're playing like they played today. Yeah. As opposed to trying to feed Erling Haaland's 80% of the time. 
Which is which is worrisome. The fact that they can, in a year or two, sell Erling Holland to Real Madrid for seven hundred million euros, and <laughs> they might even be better having Julian Alvarez lead the line for him. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean he's he is some talent that kid that they got there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I completely agree. There's a few people in the chat, like Jono, saying City were better without Holland. Yeah, I think that's I, the case. It's just he's such a freak show in front of goal in terms of just putting the ball into the back of the net that it really masks over the fact that the team isn't as good without him. And I. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. City were brilliant today. And they didn't even have to be. They would have beaten us if they would have been at 50% or 60%. But they were probably at 90, 95%. And like, I mean, the second goal, again, Trent's real high up in their pitch. You know, we've just kicked off the second half. Now let's go for it. Let's see what we can do here. You know, we need the points yeah. on the board. The ball gets turned over. So Kanate has to slide all the way over to cover Trent, who's up the field and out of position. But, you know, we had the ball. So that's, you expect Trent to be kind of high up. Yeah. Virgil then has to slide over to cover Kanate. Robertson's left completely on an island. It's 2v1. They got Mares and Kevin De Bruyne running against Robertson. Van Dyke's not quick enough to get back. Simple as but, the tap-ins. Yeah, and this is the problem where this is the difference between having an in-form Rodri on your in your starting eleven and an out-of-form Fabinho in your in your starting eleven. Rodri sniffs that danger of Trent being out of position and Robertson being exposed. Fabinho just didn't, and none of the midfield players did. None of the three of them did. None of them sniffed the the fact that if we turn the ball over here, we're in deep trouble. And once players got shifted around, it was like I said, it was so easy. It was a brilliant ball by Alvarez out to Mares in the first place, but the rest was just yeah. it was tapping. It was easy. Yep, it was unbelievably easy. And then not a whole heck of a lot happens. About six seven minutes later, they've got the ball in the box. Alvarez has all the time in the world like it reminded me of sancho's goal at old trafford at the start of the season where they have the ball in our box 10 12 yards away from goal somebody go close him down but instead he's able to take a couple of touches shift the ball trent gets a pretty good block the ball might have been going wide so maybe in retrospect it would have been better had he not gotten a a boot onto it because he Gets a block on the ball, falls right to Gundogan, he just buries it, and it's fucking game over. It's at 3-1, that's even yeah. the most confident fans. There was no way we were coming back from that. No. The heads went, the heads dropped, and it became um it became a face saving exercise. You know, yeah. try it was damage limitation at that stage. I mean, he made the substitutions. Look, he made the changes. It wouldn't have mattered who he took off. There was nobody um there was nobody coming off that pitch that can't that had had any kind of an argument about it. Um, yeah, there's no discussions about oh, why are you taking me off? I'm doing this at no, you're not. You're all, but well, they, I'm not. I no, I won't call them that. But they just their heads went. 
and their heads dropped and it was like the inevitable was coming at two one they they almost knew that they at two one they almost knew that we're not getting back into it and when it was three and then four it's just it was just it was a concern that they were going to put up a big score against us I was worried that yeah. they were gonna if if they were in the mood, then they wouldn't have been playing this uh keep ball idea. They would have just gone for it and rattled in six, seven, or eight. If they if they wanted to, they could have. Yep. It was it would you know, they'd have well, whether they'd have scored or not is another matter, but they'd have created more chances. As it yep. was, they just decided, look, we'll rest on the ball and kept possession for possession's sake. See out the game, manage the minutes, and they've got a massive April. They've got a huge, busy April coming up. They don't have the deepest of squads, so common sense would say, "Look, the game is safe. Rest on the ball." We were, yeah, yeah. It was men against boys. It was absolutely. It was a sad reflection of where the squad actually is. It was like you said when we came on today. Let's rip the plaster off, and that's what that's what happened. We, you know. The plaster was ripped right off, and Jake is putting Klopp's comments on on the screen there. You know, saying we ca- we cannot have challenges in clear areas. I can't explain it. Well, Jurgen, that's your that's your job, pal, is to yep. find the but answers I mean, as to what the hell was going on. That's Either just that's pure badly. application. That's pure application yeah. from the players. Like exactly. and that's like that that quote there that I got on the screen from Jake that Klopp gave after the game to BT Sport that we cannot not have challenges not have in challenges. key areas. Like that's like for the what was that the third players. goal? Yeah, the third goal of like just the amount of space at the edge of our box. Like I'm not a footballing tactical genius, but it's pretty obvious throughout that game that Jack Grealish was going to try to cut in on his right foot. And Riyad Mahrez was going to try to cut in on his left foot. And it seemed like every time it happened that whoever was defending the situation, whether it was Trenton Harvey or Robertson off on his own on the left side, that they were just like, whoa, what is he doing? He's cutting inside onto his strong foot. Of course he's cutting inside onto his strong foot. Like, yeah. But I- the, problem, the problem is the way we were playing with Jota supposed to be coming back and help, there was no help for any of them. They were isolated and they were they were asked to defend one on one against two uh two outstanding wingers and they'll give anyone trouble on their day. And if you're if you're gonna play this four, two, three, one, the two wide forwards, you know, your Jota and Salah have to cover back. They have to. You know, or it's not Jota and Salah, sorry, Jota and, and Harvey Elliott. They have to cut back cover back properly. And they didn't. They were half and half, trying to cheat, trying to get on the counter, trying to take gambles, and they were absolutely riddled. They were exposed so badly. Yeah, it's I. I will say that there was it was fairly regularly that you saw Harvey Elliott getting back to try to help and out deal with Grealish. Sorry, no. He's he's not he's not a fantastic defender. Obviously, that's not his game. He's still young. He turns twenty tomorrow, but he was at least getting back to try to help Trent out with it because they just kept funneling the ball down to him and just you know go again, go again, go again, go again. And I mean, we got to talk about the fourth goal. Oh, yeah, the... what are you doing? Like, 
Uh, one of the quotes Jake had there from Klopp, he gave the BBC, he said, you know, like tomorrow's a big day for us. We got to work with what we've shown. Like it, they'll be having a film session tomorrow, you know, cause it's a recovery day for the players. So they won't be out on the pitch and running around and all that, but they will be sitting in the video room watching that. And I would love to be a fly on the wall in that video room when it gets to watching that fourth goal, because I would like to see what the other players have to say to Trent and what Trent has there's, to say to his teammates for his defense for that goal. Yeah, there's, there's too many players in, in that squad that are too secure, too comfortable. And they've, I think their heads have just, they've written this season off already. You know, they're, they look like it. they're on the beach. You know, it's an old expression that you used to see an awful lot. Come April, if there's nothing to play for, if there's nothing to win, you're out of all the cups, you're on the beach. You're the soft. You're, I mean, but we've had that all season. And the amount of times I've seen Davos saying it online and on here, we're too soft, we're too easy to play against. And today was just a prime example of being too easy to play against. And if Dick, if I wouldn't give a shit now on Tuesday night if um, Klopp decided to play Milner or play Joe Gomez at right back and just go to Chelsea and try and get a point. Just go to Chelsea, try and get a point, try and nick something if you can. But go to Chelsea and try to not get beat. You know, and if that means that you've got to shake, put put a shake up in the in the in that that starting eleven and make some radical changes, make them because there's too many people in the comfort zone in that side. And I've I've always said in the summer that I don't accept major surgery because it takes a long time to recover from that the following season. But if you've got too many players in that squad with their mentality is not right, then it's not... I, I worry for next season, irrespective of who we sign, irrespective of how many we sign, because the what you're seeing at the minute on the pitch and the manner of how we're losing games is a serious problem. Yeah, I'd, I mean... I'm not going to make any sort of prejudgments about what's going to happen next season because once bitten twice shy, I made a lot of prejudgments on what was going to happen this season coming into this season, and they were all proven radically, radically yeah. off the mark. You can only judge what's in front of you. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm of the belief that if we can see such a precipitous drop-off in our form from last season to this season, there's every reason to believe that we could see an almost equal rebound going into next season because there will just have to be changes. But this is, I threw this comment up here from Mark Cavanaugh. We're killing our midfielders, always covering for Trent's defensive inadequacies. We limit Elliott's abilities going forward by having to track back all the time. And I know people aren't going to want to hear it. We played 27 games. We've got 42 points. We're seven points shy of Tottenham. We've got a game in hand on them. We're five points shy of Newcastle, who have two games in hand on us. Plus, Brighton have about 17 games in hand on everybody else around them. The top four is looking mighty, mighty, mighty far away from us. Yeah. The top oh. six is looking far away from us. Yeah. We might not even get into the Europa Conference League, which I'm okay with because, for the love of God, I do not want to deal with Thursday, Sunday. That's... If, if it's not fourth, give me eighth. I'm totally fine with that. But the rest of the season has to be, we're not going down. 42 points, totally safe. You know, we'll pick up a few more points before the end of the season without question. 
you have to try something different. Please, can we just try three at the back? Because Trent, it's, I was thinking about this during the game. I think it was probably about after the fourth goal because from there on, I pretty much clocked out in terms of actually actively watching the game. It's feeling a lot like the same accusations that we all level at Reese James. That if you put him into a back four, he doesn't have the defensive nows to keep it solid at the back. Trent is starting to feel a lot like that. But he unquestionably has the ability to influence games and create things going forward. So how do you get him in there? I don't think putting him into midfield is the answer. I don't think there's anybody that's going to say that, hey, you know what Trent would be good at is put him in the midfield. He gets caught ball watching. He's sleeping. Ball's over the top of him. Put him in midfield. That sounds like a recipe for absolute disaster. Maybe try him as a wingback. Maybe. Just maybe try him as a wingback. We've got four fit center halves. We can play three of them. It gives you the opportunity to try something different, to put a little bit more steel into the team. Like, we're so easy to score against. Put another guy back in defense. There has to be some... I, I know it's crazy. I know Klopp never plays three at the back. He doesn't like it and yada, yada. So I'm obviously, you know, shouting at a wall here. But there has to be some way because Trent can be a game changer. He can be world class. But it's really starting to look like he is a liability for us in defense. Yeah. So th- there's got to be another way of rejigging things. I honestly think that you're... The problem that you got is if his head's gone... It doesn't matter. If he's too comfortable in his own skin to say, look, no matter what happens, I'm undroppable. Or, yeah, he might drop me for one or two games, but that's going to be it. And he'll always he'll always play me eventually. Then you you might not be too far off just taking him out of the side completely. Taking him out of the, taking him out of the starting 11 from now until the end of the season. And I don't, if he wants to work to do that 3-5-2 and sees that, evolving next season and being or whatever system he wants to evolve into start now start now with the core player with the players that you're going to be keeping from now until the end of the season and start working on what you're going what you want the side to be looking like going forward because what we're doing at the minute is just not working and the other side of it is three losses on the bounce one goal in our last three since the seven against Manchester United, that seems like a, an absolute distance away now. And we just look, we've gone back to the stage now where we don't look like we can keep a clean sheet. We don't look like we can score or create enough chances. And Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I don't know where he goes from here. I really don't. From yeah. now until the end of the season, I, I genuinely, I don't know what in the hell he's going to do. I have no idea. But something yeah, I, has to change. Something has to change. It's, uh, I mean, our away form is absolutely atrocious. Like Emmett throwing it up here. It's eight, eight away defeats in the league. 
So we're three, three and eight away from home. Uh, somebody posted a comment that in our last seven away games, we've got four points out of a possible yeah, 21 it, away from home. It, they were saying they were saying in commentary that our away record is worse than Southampton's. That's Southampton have more wins away from home than we do. They're bottom of the table. Unbelievable. It, and that to me, it just says that when when they're at Anfield and the crowd is with them, they can do it because of the points that we've built up this season. It's away from home. They can't either. It's not ability. It, it isn't. It's mentality. It is mentality. It's they check out the games too easy. They go behind. They concede a goal. Their heads go. They. It's. I mean. Chris saying there about the 12.30 kickoff and all that. Nonsense. This 12.30 kickoff has been around for years. They're used to it. You know, it's not alien to them that they're playing the odd game. They've played, we played six games at 12.30. It's not unusual. You know, it's not like this is the first season that we've got 12.30 kickoffs. You know, that excuse is for the birds to be. That's just an excuse. It's the same as the Thursday, Sunday nonsense. It's no different to Wednesday, Saturday. It's just a different mindset and a different mentality. That's all it is. Yeah. It's uh, Jonathan here. Basically, I'm asking there who's responsible for that. The players are responsible for that. The players are responsible for their own attitude. If you cross yeah. the line, you're responsible. Yeah. It, it Manager be... can give you all the tactics in the world, tell you how to set up, give you all the instructions they want, but the players are the ones who, who cross the line. The players are the ones who need to take ownership of their own performances. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah, 100%. It's... I don't I don't think we lost that game on tactics. You know, we might have been out tacticked. It might have been a you know a one goal defeat just on tactics, but on application, on attitude, and on performance from the players, it just wasn't good enough. Our big players are not showing up in enough games. Yeah. You know, the guys that we're supposed to be building our team around, with the exception of Allison, who gets a complete and utter free pass from any criticism this season. I I do have to say. An amazing Cruyff turn on Alvarez. But again, he minute, you know, put under a little bit of pressure, calm as you like. Little but he was under there. that pressure because he had no options to pass the fucking ball to. No, it was, you know, and, and that's that's the problem in a nutshell. Yeah, nobody wants it, and it's like a hot potato. You look at City and how they love the ball, how they all want the ball, and even at one nil down, they all wanted the ball. They all just wanted a touch, pass it off. Move, pass, move, pass, move. Pep Guardiola hasn't reinvented the wheel by playing four centre-backs in a side and putting one of them into centre midfield when they're attacking and defending in the back four. That's not reinventing the wheel. It's literally just defending in the back three, attack or defending attacking in the back three with five up front and options. That's yeah. all he's done. He's created options in the final third. So when you create pressure, you create chances. It's tough to deal with, but it's not unknown. You know, it's not like brand new. We've played this version of City a lot. They didn't yeah. do anything new today that we haven't seen for the last five years. No, and I think we've seen something today that we've seen for the last five years in the sense of, I think City reels Arsenal in. I think City could win. I think the pressure is on always. Arsenal now. Every, yeah, I, every game from now on is must win. It's not I even draws. I think I think we're going to beat Arsenal at home. Yeah. I think that'll be the the big game reaction that we get, which has been our story of our entire season. I'm not sure who we play yeah. after that. Probably Leeds or something, and we'll fucking lose yeah. that game. But I can see us beating yeah. Arsenal at home. This game, you know, like 
did I save it? Yeah, Arsenal for Life was in here a little bit earlier. He said we let him down. Like we did. I'm I'm sure the Gunners fans were flying at about 17 minutes when we went one nothing up. You know, the the prospect of them going 11 points clear at the top of the table yeah. was looking pretty good. And now all the pressure's on Arsenal. I mean, they're playing Leeds. I think they've yeah. just kicked off now. That's well, a big game for them. Laszlo's just put in there that it's uh, we got Leeds then Forest after that. And to be honest, I yeah. I'm not worried about this block of three going to the. We have a poor record at the Etihad anyway. You know, in fairness, it's, it's not yeah. a place to. It's not a happy hunting ground. The fact that we go there and not pick up points is not the. You know, it's not un, unheard of. Away Stamford Bridge again, not a great record there. It's all right. You know, we there and Chelsea aren't in great form either. But at home against Arsenal, and I don't care what Arsenal side turn up, that's a game that you have to be winning. And I said, to, I was chatting to Chris there during the week, and I said, look, if we get ideally seven points from nine, you'd be, I'd be ecstatic because yeah. that could give you a bit of confidence. But for me, even if we get to our next two wins, it's the manner of that defeat. And someone else said, put it in the chat there a minute ago, talking about other sides smelling blood. Other sides are looking at us as a soft touch and thing. We're going to pay you back now for all the drubbings that you've given us, and yeah. rightly so. You know, it's we're a soft touch now. We're a soft target and a soft touch. And unless these players can actually mentally turn up for ninety-five minutes, then the rest of this season is just going to be watching through gritted teeth and yeah. just oh. begrudging, begrudging nods to the opposition of "Oh, well done, lads. Well done. Well done." Yeah, uh, eleven more thoroughly enjoyable full-time Reds for us to get through to the end <laughs> of the season. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was not the performance that I was certainly hoping for. Coming back after a nice two-week hiatus, I I pretty much just turned the football off completely and paid no attention to anything that really happened over the international break, which I needed after that dreadful Bournemouth yeah. game. So to come back and have the performance be just as bad it's a little easier to take because it's city like somebody said there you can always lose to city you know yeah it's but not there's manners there's ways there's ways yeah. of losing we've got to the etihad put up a really good performance had chances created opportunities and lost you know and that can happen that you know they're they're a top tier side they're not multiple champions in the premier league of asterix fc for nothing yeah it's the manner of the defeat it's the way we rolled over and allowed our bellies to be tickled by them is what would worry me more than the result. Losing 4-1 is never good, never good. But losing in that manner today is galling, is absolutely sickening. Yeah. Sean Blackmore here, he says, I've been supporting Liverpool since 1974, and I'm at my lowest point as a fan. And for one reason, our capitulation when going behind or just plain giving up, not acceptable for me, can't stand it. To be fair, Sean, your profile pic looks like you're wearing a Man City jersey, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on it. Uh, Sean, I, in all fairness, if you're if you're ever really suffering, just remember the Hodgson years, and it it yeah, it's it's an it 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 has been worse. Yeah, you know, but yeah, this truly is the end of a cycle for this squad. It it, the, it just is. The and, team has been worse, but not in comparison to our expectations. I think that's the that's, that's the issue that's that fair. I'm having and most are having yeah. is that we're expecting us to be here and we're here versus with Hodgson yeah. we expected to be here and we were there. Yeah. So the difference that's between fair. it I think is the biggest problem because 
the core of this team is still there. Obviously, there'll be plenty of hours of podcasts and YouTube shows talking about, you know, the players of that core that shouldn't be there anymore, but that's a show for another day. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. It's just not great, but Hey, what are we going to do? Do it again on Tuesday for the Chelsea game, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it's the hope that kills you, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, I, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's done. It's, I'm going out. I'm going out tonight, and mm. I just want to. I I cannot wait for that first Guinness. I cannot wait for that first one, because the second one will be chasing on pretty quickly. Yeah, and I'd imagine the third one won't be far behind that. So that's usually how need, they go. I just yeah. I just, I just need this uh, over. I just want to enjoy the rest of the weekend and not think about football now. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it from us. So check out our show sponsor, bookmakers.com. You can get some good odds on Liverpool making the top four, I'm sure. You might be able to make a pile of money if that gets pulled off, if you're willing to put some money down on it there. Uh, Follow their YouTube channel. Gav had his show on there on Thursday on with uh, Joe and Liam and I think Paul or Jamie, something like that, one of the other guys. Jamie, I think. Yeah, go and check them out. They've been our sponsor for this season. Uh, The show, of course, though, we're proud to support our charity partners. So we've got the 12 women running the Dublin City Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. That's our uh, flagship charity that we're supporting this year. It's the pinned tweet. It's in the show description. Go and check them out. Help these ladies get to their goal. They're out there running through the rain and wind of whatnot of Dublin, trying to get ready for the marathon in October. So we're happy to help them. Raising money for breast cancer is always a good idea as well, too. And I believe it's still a pinned tweet up on the LFC Day Tripper social account. Uh, The young girl, Sophie, with just an absolutely heart-wrenchingly sad story for her. But my goodness, the response. I'm not sure what the GoFundMe is at. But, you know, Gav said, I think it was on Monday, that, you know, the 40,000 euro mark was not even close to being enough. And I think they're already up over 160 or 170,000 euros. It's just, I I looked last night and they were up over 150. So yeah, that's absolutely stunning. It's in, it's in the, it's in the, um, LSE day trippers, uh, Twitter thread, Twitter feed. If you're interested in in Leanne's story, check out her story, share that, share that around, donate if you can. But yeah, yeah, it's horrendous. horrendous. Yeah, absolutely. It It puts, it puts football into perspective, to be honest, because look, as much as, yeah, we're up and down with it and it hurts for a while, at the end of the day, it's it's football. You know, it's, right. it's a distraction. And it's sometimes real life, you know, if you get if you get a chance to do something, then by all, you know, please do. That's all yeah. I'd say on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, uh, that's the driving force behind the show is uh, everything brought to you for free by the LFC Day Trippers. All that we ask is that you can hit that little thumbs up button and uh, the share and, you know, get the word out about the show and five star reviews. All that's all well and good. But if you're able to help our charity partners that we're working with, that's the biggest thing because and there's been great success in the past with the uh, charity drives that the show's done. So we're going to keep on going with these ones and uh, we're going to get to our goals no matter what, because that's just the way it goes. Also, if uh, you're interested in helping Gav out getting prizes and whatnot for the LFC Day Trippers Golf Day, which is coming up pretty quick here, two and a half months sort of thing, it's going to be getting ready to go. 
lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com. Get a hold of Gav if you're interested in helping out with that. And then also, if you're into a little bit of the golf, check out Gav on the Bang Average uh, golf channel that he's got going with his buddy Neely there. Probably pretty good golfing weather in Dublin, I imagine, right now. So uh, it's it's pretty good, pretty good laugh on the channel there with the boys. So go and check that out. But other than that, I think that's pretty much enough for us. There's a whole pile of games on just kicked off 15 minutes ago. So I'm going to go watch a little bit of the footy. Kev, you enjoy your night out. Those Guinnesses sound like that's exactly the time. We've got two early goals in the three o'clock kickoffs at the minute. Uh, Fulham are one nil up against Bournemouth and Brighton are one nil down against Brentford. So who scored for Brentford? Jansen. Yeah, that doesn't help me. Jansen from Jensen. That is the most most Danish team in the world. Pontus Jansen scored, assisted by uh, Matthias Jensen. Jansen and Jensen. Jansen and Jensen, the the Danish national team plying their trade out of London. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope you all have a good weekend. Don't let the football bring you down. We'll see you guys next time on the LFC Day Trippers. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.